0: Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Strategies for Improving Care Coordination for Individuals with Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, or IDD. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on August 9th, 2022. In this podcast, Dr. Joan Beasley, a research professor and the director of the National Research Consortium on IDD and Mental Health at the National Center for Start Services at the University of New Hampshire, discusses the START model.
1: Hi, good afternoon. A lot of what we're going to be talking about will have relevance based on what she just presented. It's a very nice segue. As Dr. Lauer described, my focus is on mental health needs in people with IDD, and many people with IDD experience numerous health disparities, including higher rates of mental health symptoms and behavioral challenges compared to their typically developing peers. And I think what I would say to sort of add to what has already been described is that there is a social construct to this that can't be ignored, that people suffer from trauma and disparities associated with having IDD almost from birth. People are underestimated. They're kind of robbed from their optimism when they're diagnosed, and this really contributes to especially mental health issues in the population, and a high percentage of people have Suffer from trauma. People are often misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, or undiagnosed, and even when it's detected, few evidence based treatments exist in mental health. This gap has translated into the very costly and ineffective care, and as described just a few minutes ago, results in frequent emergency department and psychiatric hospital visits for people with IDD and poor quality of life and earlier age of mortality. Again, as described earlier, the way I describe the population is I refer to them as being having IDDMH, not dual diagnosed or comorbid, but IDDMH, which is to say that the population has mental health service experiences. Whether or not they actually have a mental health condition is sort of ranges from they certainly do to they absolutely don't, but they receive these treatments anyway. There's a little research on best practices for individuals with IDDMH, and the population is often misunderstood, underserved, and underestimated. So STRART was developed in 1980. It stands for Systemic Therapeutic Assessment Resources and Treatment. The term systemic applies to the therapeutic assessment and resources as well as treatment modalities incorporated into START. It, we believe it, that things have to be linked, that there's a social context to it, that collaboration is key. Certainly, managed care is one of the avenues to get there if people are well-trained and understand the population well. We first developed START in 1988. I am the author of the model. My colleague, Dr. Robert Savner who was a psychiatrist, worked with me on the model back in the late 80s, and it was first cited by Dr. David Satcher, the Surgeon General, in 2002 as a model to help overcome disparities in access to mental health care. Many of the people served through START are dual eligible individuals, and our national center trains local community providers in the START model. We also have mechanisms for physicians, clinicians, people with lived experiences, and others to collaborate across the country to enhance their capacity and share knowledge. We have practice groups in all kinds of areas as a result of the network that's been built. START teams provide cross systems, crisis prevention intervention planning, networking, partnership as I just described, mental health assessment and coaching, and 24 hour crisis response outreach and training. There are START programs located currently in 12 states and we have 10 additional network partners that use START practices of one sort or another. In 2000 2021. The START program served 4,000 people with IDD/MH across the lifespan in that year. We have approximately information for approximately 11,000 people in the START database currently that we use to evaluate how things are going. So START is a public health tertiary care model that uses this approach to build capacity and reduce the use of emergency and crisis services for individuals with IDD/MH, and also to increase their service experiences and their mental health. In stage one, we determine the level of acuity, we provide hands-on training, share information and advice amongst beneficiaries, families, and service providers, and ensure there's a coordinated continuum of care in place to respond to their needs and wishes. We also, in stage two, identify triggers that lead to crises, conduct ongoing assessment, engage in robust cross-systems crisis prevention and intervention planning, and integrate health and wellness activities as part of the remedy. In stage three, which is crisis management, there's proactive management of crises when they do occur through the use of after hours, crisis response, in-home emergency support, therapeutic coaching is one of those devices that we use, crisis stabilization beds, and ongoing training development of newly identified interventions. START focuses on community linkages. It's a systems linkage model and capacity building across the system of care rather than segregated, siloed, or duplicative services. It's key to build linkages across clinical teams, training and consultation providers, and therapeutic resources so that everyone work together and with other key stakeholders. And by bridging these linkages across the systems, we can break down those silos. And as a result of the linkages, both Medicare and Medicaid recipients can experience efficiencies and cost savings associated with that. Acute care utilization is reduced and more cost-effective long-term support services can be identified. And this includes the reduction of the use of restrictive services. So while medication is certainly a big problem, polypharmacy, so is restricted segregated services for this population. So here is our framework that is research-based. We've been researching the model since 1988. and this This is the most recent framework based on the analysis of data. There are four core components to the model, intake and assessment, consultation and mental health skills coaching for individuals and their caregivers in their primary settings, 24-hour urgent response and intervention, and linkages, including referrals, outreach, and training to the system of care. The research outcomes include increased capacity in the system of care, decreased use of crisis services, and increased satisfaction with services. Received an increased mental health stability overall. The thing that I think is really important about this is the use of research and fidelity-based models allows for increased ability to be able to have remedies work sooner than just kind of trying to work it out on your own as an independent service provider. So while it took the first iterations of the START model, it took about three years to gain stability for individual service users. It now takes about eight months before we reach stability and we find increased service capacity and understanding of how to go forward. And this is very, very important. I need to mention, however, that we have not discussed the role of race and ethnicity and bias about the population, that where you live matters. There are differences in access to care between urban and rural settings. Your severity of your intellectual disability matters. Your health, primary health conditions absolutely undermine emotional well-being and mental health. and poor mental health undermines your health. So there's an intersection there that needs to be addressed. And what we do know is for this population, when people are employed, they do better. So I'm going to do a quick care study. This is a de-identified case. There is no Mr. D, but we'll call him Mr. D for the purposes of this quick overview. He's a 30-year-old male diagnosed with IDD since the age of two and schizophrenia since the age of 17. Mr. D has periods when he's unable to sleep, followed by dysregulation and aggression. Eighty-five percent of the people who end up in the emergency department for mental health issues who have IDD are referred due to aggression. And the police are often the ones who bring them to the emergency department, which was the case with Mr. D. So what usually happens, the intervention strategies include determining the level of acuity and to address their immediate needs, refer them to the providers that need to address those needs, and work with linkage partners. If the person is hospitalized, the start team will go and work with the inpatient unit and help as a liaison, a translator of how to treat Mr. D, how to understand how he's communicating and how Mr. D can contribute to his own care and conduct crisis evaluation, review historical patient record, very comprehensive look. We want to know when Mr. D did his best and what happened since then, determine any further assessments that are needed and survey the individual and his family and his caregivers and himself about his service experiences. So the START team provides care, provide surveys of caregivers, but also surveys of people with lived experiences are being developed now with a current grant that we have. We really feel like people with developmental disabilities and intellectual disabilities should have greater opportunity to describe their own experiences and their own needs with regard to mental health services. We supply research and coaching and throughout the process engage in our practices are humanistic in focus. We focus on positive psychology as well as other avenues including expressive therapy and OT services. We strength spot, we have gratitude exercise, health practices, etc. So Mr. D was never readmitted to a psychiatric inpatient unit although he did use crisis beds at times. One of the things that ended up happening was during the process of getting to know Mr. D, we learned that he had temporal lobe epilepsy and suffered from partial complex seizures. All his medications, polypharmacy to treat his mental health, actually lowered his seizure threshold and his aggressive episodes increased with as a result of the mental health treatment that he had, and he ended up back in the hospital with more medication. So as we learned more about what was going on with him, we realized that his episodes were much more likely triggered by seizures and post-ictal activity than psychosis. Mr. D actually learned to recognize when he was having an aura, he actually would tell you your shoulders were shrinking. He's, he noticed things in terms of, his experience with seizure activity, and this helped guide this, his system of support. So his experience helped guide our learning. So health plans should actively engage in data collection and outcomes to ensure best practices for individuals with IDD. Data, data, data. It's what you're looking for that matters and how you use the data. But if you collect demographic, clinical, and service outcomes for every person that receives care, you will learn how to improve care. Over time, identifying best practices Based on beneficiaries experiencing positive outcomes is key. Not assuming that because you have IDD, you can't tell people what you're experiencing. Those people with intellectual and developmental disabilities do have something to say, and it's our job to be able to hear them and listen. Working in partnership toward improved research practices is key. We have developed with our colleagues across the country the National Research Consortium on Mental Health and Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. You can find it on our website, and it aims to advance research on best practices and policy toward positive outcomes amongst people with idd emotional well-being, and mental health, not just the treatment of illness. Consider funding research about well-being, the promotion of health, and including individuals with idd is needed. So here are a couple of resources that you might find useful. We are now embarking on a study with Dartmouth Medical School utilizing the integrated mental health treatment guidelines for prescribers that you you can find on the website link here, free. And we are training residents and interns in prescribing practices. And you cannot just focus on psychiatrists because 85% of medications are prescribed by people who are not psychiatrists. Evaluation of telehealth services is also going on in order to ensure that when people receive telehealth services, they can gain maximum benefit. You have to attend to the three A's of service effectiveness. This is a key takeaway access to care. Care must be inclusive, timely, and community-based. It has to be appropriate. Outreach training and collaboration are key to improving appropriateness of services, and we all need to be accountable. We have to have outcome measures that clearly define, that are clearly defined, and review of data must be frequent and ongoing. There is evidence of great improvement when we work together to improve capacity. Strength-based approaches and integrated health cross-systems collaboration are key, and a solutions-focused approach builds capacity through primary interventions include secondary interventions with expertise for specialized approaches and a safety net for emergency interventions. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.